Shin. Shin. Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider, episodes 18 and 19. Muscleman Starfinger, Kaseki Otoko Hitodenja. While climbing mountains, the Tarokoro brothers accidentally spot a shocker base. Starfinger hunts them down to keep the brothers from revealing the secret location to anyone. Nathan, the theme of this week's episode is under the sea under the sea <laughs> darling it's better downwards no <laughs> either that or long john silver so i guess we're getting seafood tonight because <laughs> <laughs> not one but both of the episodes that we are covering this week uh have fish slash uh seafaring themed monsters yes and in this one we have uh, well we have some disagreement with the subtitles and the and the actual episode titles so uh in the episode they say starfinger but on tubi slash shop factory tv it's hito danger so no one can really agree and you actually look up about that can you enlighten our listeners as to why we keep running into goofy things like this well, uh, I don't. I, I still don't have an answer on why why the translation is different depending on where you find. But I do know that the name Hito Danja uh, is a portmanteau in Japanese of the word for starfish and danger, the word for danger. So the having the the name be translated as starfinger or starfish danger is right in line with the translation of the name and. If you pay attention to the episodes, they actually go back and forth on calling him both because uh, there's a couple of times where they say Starfinger in here. And then there's a couple of times where they say Hito Danger. Uh, I know it's incredibly confusing, but let's park here for a little bit and talk about our Kaijin of the week, Starfinger, who I'm sure is the forerunner to the infamous starfish hitler <laughs> yes starfish hitler without the hitler part um which yeah. makes him better yeah. uh, <laughs> I, uh either that or he's starro the conqueror's unholy love child with a cardinal that's what i wrote down <laughs> yep. and cardinal comes to mind because i'm from indiana and the cardinal is our state bird but apparently also starfinger there's another indiana connection for you I'm pretty sure Starfinger ha- is like the little brother in a Christmas story, Indiana Connection, because the movie's set in Indiana. When he when his mom puts the 
the 10 coats or whatever on him and his arms can't stay down because I'm pretty sure Starfinger can't put his arms down or else he loses the shape. <laughs> yes, I uh, I almost titled this episode T-Pose for Dominance uh, to assert dominance. <laughs> Oh my god. Because he is just T posing the entire episode. It is great. That poor that poor stuntman, his his arms must his arms must have felt like linguini at the end of the day. He's I bet he was sitting there thinking he's like, how much am I getting paid to do this? Oh my gosh. Exactly. Uh but it's not to say that we haven't seen monsters this wacky and other things. I mean do I need, I can't remember a uh, pest star. Do I have to bring a pest star from Ultraman? Oh, man. <laughs> that oh, was man. literally, that was literally two guys holding hands, wearing starfish costumes with a little bat head in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> that is, um, that actually makes star seem positively normal by comparison. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Pestar. Pestar is crazy. I like him. I like him, though. Uh, he's kind of nuts. Uh, he is also the favorite uh, ultra kaiju of artist and uh, friend of my other podcast, uh, Kaiju Weekly, uh, Lisa Nafziger, <laughs> who who also mm-hmm. contributes to the, yeah. the Kaiju Ramen magazine. Uh, that is one of her favorite uh, ultra kaiju. And yeah, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, we have a, we have a history of starfish themed kaiju in these ones but this isn't just a starfish kaiju or kaijin this is there's a reason why the title is fossil man starfinger yeah because apparently this kaijin wasn't made by shocker shocker found him yes he is just a big fossil that's been reanimated somehow uh fossilized you know starfish has been reanimated and is now working for shocker okay we need to talk about this (laughs) this is this is a hero show you either have to throw science out the window or get used to some of the wackiest pseudoscience you've ever seen the pseudoscience in this is just one the pseudoscience is a wth in this because <laughs> starfinger's weakness ironically is water yep because he's completely invincible like if they hit him and it sounds like they're punching metal okay that's how invincible he is he brushes off he doesn't just take the rider kick he brushes it off like it's nothing well they say that that his his fossilized like plating or not plating but fossilized skin or whatever you want to call it is essentially as hard as steel yeah so they said but if we get him wet it'll re-fossilize him or something i'm like i don't think it works like that uh okay whatever and then there's the scene where he uh, actually there are several scenes throughout the episode where he decides to get perilously close to a river. Mm-hmm. They built the dang bay by a river. Yep. Your star general is water soluble and you send into a base by a river. The yep. frick shocker. <laughs> yeah. Shocker is not doing a very good job with their um, bases or their, kaijin in this episode because their base 
pretty pretty obvious when you actually find oh, it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Are uh, just two random hikers just find the base and they even say, "Oh, it's a secret base." Yeah, it's the worst kept secret. I mean, it's out in the open and has very clear shocker branding. Oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> you are the worst. <laughs> you are the worst secret society ever. But that leads to the two hikers being attacked by not Starfish Hitler and uh, yeah. one of them being captured and the little boy falling down the hill. But again, just like in last episode, we don't actually, you know, put children in harm's way. So they had a another dummy, another child dummy that they just threw down the hill <laughs> he it just rolled. we need to talk about this week's common kenny because explain to me how he looks more 70s than anyone else in that we've seen in this show like that kid is a <laughs> the walking monument of the 70s not only that he looks like i don't know have you ever seen a toku show called Iron King was made around the same time as this. Mm -hmm. Okay. He looks like the guy who turns into Iron King, <laughs> except about a foot shorter and 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He does kind of look like him. Uh, I have a question and this might uh, lead into, well, I mean, this kind of jumps towards the end of the episode, but what happened to that kid? Because I don't remember seeing him at all for the rest of the episode. I don't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> but the kid does have a Scooby-Doo moment. We talked about Scooby-Doo in the last episode. He has a very Scooby-Doo moment, what I call the Velma moment, where he uh, loses his glasses. And he's like, my glasses, my glasses. I can't see without my glasses. Yeah, uh, this is operating under the trope of, I mean, you can speak to this because you wear glasses. I don't wear glasses, but I, apparently on TV, if you lose your eyeglasses, you're blind, just flat out blind. And you can't, and you also, you also apparently become deaf because you can't hear Starfish Man kidnapping your older brother. It is, it is just such a goofy moment. The whole, that whole first bit is so goofy. But then we, I was confused actually the first time I watched it because I wasn't sure. Because he's like, oh no, where's my brother? Where's my brother? He's like, he's right in front of you getting carried away by the starfish man. How are you not seeing it? And then when he falls down the hill, he's like, my glasses. Like, oh, okay. I guess I missed the part where he lost his glasses. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then we get, uh, do we, then we want, do we want to jump over to him when we finally meet our main cast because actually the first couple of minutes of this is about our guest stars then we get to the main cast and apparently everybody was it everybody and then they have another writer girl a fourth writer girl or is that that they leave one behind because i can't tell them apart anymore <laughs> no so you have the three writer girls and there's this other girl and i can't remember her name i had her name written down but i don't remember where i put it um i think she's been a part of the show for a while because ruriko Remember when Ruriko was around uh, yeah. and Takeshi was around, there was another girl that was also hanging around with them at the uh, the the Amigo, uh, the Amigo uh -huh. snack bar. I think that's the same uh -huh. girl 
that's just suddenly showed back up after being gone for quite a few episodes. Okay, but apparently she's holding down the fort or something, and everybody well, else. She, she got a cold. She got. Oh, a cold. that's right. Yeah. Okay. So we so we have to have her quarantine for two weeks in case it's COVID. I get it, but. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, and so we're introduced to this whole scenario by listening to the writer girls rip off my darling Clementine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because when they so, started like, wait a minute, I know this tune. I mean, uh-huh. well, the episode actually started with the with the kid and his older brother singing what actually sounded like Japanese folk songs. And those were kind of nice. But then the writer girls are stealing my darling Clementine and just you, they use the tune, but it's new lyrics. And I'm like, that threw me for a whirl so hard. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a second here. Why are you stealing an American folk song? (laughs) Yeah, so the whole the whole writer team, uh, minus uh, who's it? It's minus Taki and minus Hayato, for the moment, uh, are going camping, and they're all camping up in the mountains around the same place where those two go. The two hikers that we were talking about earlier go missing, uh, and they find mm-hmm. out that Shocker is involved, so they have to call and get Taki and Hayato oh, to come up. I will say this. The location filming in this is gorgeous. It is wonderful. I love mm-hmm. it. I wanted to visit the place. I don't know where this is in Japan, but I want to visit it. Whether Common Rider was filmed there or not, I just want to visit it because it looks amazing. There are so many locations in Japan that are just really gorgeous, gorgeous, you know, places, uh, wooded areas with with uh, uh, rivers and waterfalls and everything. It's just, yeah, there's a lot of places. I'm, I I am so happy to see that as we've gotten into this new era of common rider with the second rider that we've actually gotten away from going to the same quarries over and over again. We've, we've made jokes about it, but realistically I am very glad that the locations are more interesting than just being in Tokyo or in a rock quarry. Yeah, and although we also find out that despite their rampant incompetence, despite the training of Hurricane Joe, apparently Shocker, and this almost made, I th- did it make that? Let me double check. Uh, I'm trying to remember if this made my What the Henshin Award this week, but it did not. But now apparently Shocker goons have magic teleportation powers because they just pop out of nowhere, Star Trek style. You know, all they're missing is the sound effect. You know, you know, you know that thing. Uh huh. They just come out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> that was such a fun. I thought so. I thought when Taki threw the rock that it was going to hit like a like a energy barrier, like some kind of force field or something. I thought so too. But no. Nope. Nope. Just just some shocker goons pop out of nowhere and grab the rock. Because why not? And then we get to a very amusing fight scene that ends up going to, I can't, was it a cliff or a waterfall? The topography on this episode is wacky. It looks like a, it looks like some kind of man-made waterfall because it's like perfectly flat and has like a step, uh, like design. But so it's some kind of like man-made waterfall there. There's, uh, I've got notes about that one. One of which is going to be in the awards, but 
Yeah, there's some goofy things that so, happen in that one. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and skip ahead. Like, there's some stuff that happens, but we're going to skip ahead to... I want to skip to when they... Starfish, the, the Starfin, Starfinger captures Hayato and... Well, well, he catcher, captures Taki and uh, uh, Tobey. And takes them into the prison where the hiker is being held and somebody else, because we find out that the other hikers have been going missing up there. And then you get the reveal that the other hiker who's in the jail cell with them is just Hayato in disguise. When we had never seen this character before, the dis the disguise guy until this moment. And the last time we saw Hayato, he was... I'll get into more detail about it in the awards, but he was, he got thrown over the waterfall right. as common writer. Right. Yeah. And they were worried that he was dead. We haven't seen him since then. And now he's hanging out dressed like a Japanese hobo or something. Just, when did he have the time to do this? And why when did this happen? And why? <laughs> I just, why it show? I feel like you're skipping whole scenes and just doing Whatever you feel like doing, it's going back to what was it episode fourteen with the you know the Mission Impossible mask reveal and it's just, <laughs> you, just mm -hmm. you just decided that how you do whatever you want him to do right is that how this I, works yeah the only thing I can think of is that Hayato is wearing this disguise just so that he can play a goof <laughs> on Taki and. Tachibana when they eventually inevitably get captured by <laughs> by course. shocker like it's just yeah it's, at this point right yeah and, and but there's no other reason why he would be in disguise <laughs> of course not <laughs> but then they have to break out of prison um ignoring the fact that Hayato has super strength and can break the bars um <laughs> But okay, they have to come up with a plan to get out of the prison cell. Uh, and the way that they do that is they pretend to fight so that the oh my God. shocker goons will come in to break up the oh fight. No. Oh and no. <laughs> then they can. Oh no. Oh no. This moment. I call it I call it the chipmunk moment oh because suddenly <laughs> the footage is sped like we talked about okay we talked about a couple of weeks ago the the, the slow, slow mo motion the slow motion fighting with Cactagron. now we're getting sped up and not even just like decently sped up like sped up with all the sound effects so that he sounds like little chipmunks going and we have alvin and the chipmunks engaging in some very violent sibling rivalry or something right now and it's just what the frick this oh my gosh okay the wrestling episodes, the Pyrosaurus episodes were entertainingly ridiculous. I don't know what the, the I feel like the show's come off the rails a little bit with this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I do, too. I do, too. And I and I, I love the show. I, I love Common Rider. But we we talked about how. Yeah, when 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 we the first couple episodes when Hayato is introduced as a new common writer, it's some growing pains. We're you know things are going to get better. I promised things would get better. The next couple episodes, things did get it better. It was a huge step up. This feels like a step backwards. <laughs> it's just, just 
the the whole episode is almost w a wth moment i was just i yes i just i don't know what to do with it it's just (laughs) what the heck yeah so so after the chipmunk fight scene uh the they (laughs) context that sounds terrible and also highly plausible (laughs) Uh, where's the chipmunk monster is there a chipmunk monster common writer there has to be a chipmunk monster. well i did say there was a squirrel one coming up squirrel of course there's a squirrel yes that's right there's a squirrel (laughs) of course but oh my um so so they knock out the the shocker goons and they steal their costumes or their their uniforms which this happens a lot disc- yeah you know, they wear them yeah this happens a lot so now you have taki hayato tobe and the whatever hiker guy all wearing <laughs> shocker disguises and then immediately get found out yeah that was so pointless so they get they get found out inside of 10 seconds Common Rider saves them. And then they just decide, hey, <laughs> we can't go out dressed like this. Then why did you put the costumes on in the first place? Uh, I just I wrote in my notes as it was happening. I was like, oh, man, well, those disguises worked perfectly. <laughs> like, oh they, my God. It, what? There's so much going on in this this show that is just or this episode that is just there. So many things happened for no other reason than just to have it happen i don't know what else what a re what reason for any of this stuff to happen yeah i it's just oh my gosh i i i was thoroughly entertained let me be clear i was thoroughly entertained by all of this but it's in that kind of ironic way where all i keep thinking is you're coming off the rails guys you're coming off the rails so much right now oh my goodness <laughs> I, and, yes. the, and i have to say and maybe they've i don't know if this is a change that they made this episode or if it's been like this for a while and i just now noticed but is it just me or are the shocker goons now wearing gigantic belt buckles or are those fanny packs villainous fanny packs that was in this episode when they started doing that because I noticed that too. And I was like, are they wearing fanny packs? And I was like, oh no, it's like wrestler belts. It's like really big, giant, wide belts. Giant they- belts. Apparently, despite the fact that they are cyborgs, they uh, <clears throat> have to protect uh, the jewels, we'll say. Mm. <laughs> the family jewels. The family jewels. Because they're like, oh, you know, Common Rider's done everything to us except the groin kick. Because he is apparently a common writer fights with honor, but you know, eventually he's just going to get so fed up with them. He's just, he's going to go below the belt. At he's going to go below. <laughs> so if he's going to go below the belt, we're making the belt bigger. <laughs> Rider, grind kick. Rider, <laughs> kick to the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are a pair of. 12 year olds anyway moving on <laughs> no i like how they escape i like that hayato kind of like uses the opportunity and he sets a, a blowtorch which by the way why do you have a blowtorch in the same room with your explosives that is that's just asking for trouble <laughs> do, do, uh, is super villain fema 
because I have a feeling Shocker's going to get shut down in 10 minutes by supervillain FEMA before Common Rider does it. What are you doing? You got a blowtorch with your explosives. <laughs> so like a, like a, a health and safety inspector. <laughs> you can't transfer that in. <laughs> kaijin it's it's infected you'll give them who knows what sort of diseases at this point <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's just yeah it's so great but anyway so he lights the, he sets his blowtorch on to set off the explosions they rush out of the of the uh base the base explodes pretty cool explosion mm. and then you get the final fight between starfinger and Common Rider on the waterfront, whatever kind of water things on the on the water's edge. And my first thought was on Golden Pond. Yes. And my first thought was, you just got wet and nothing's happened. You made it pretty clear that water was ironically your weakness and you're wet. And uh, apparently it doesn't. I thought it would dissolve him or something like he'd fall in the water and he would dissolve. Yeah, it just makes him soft. Yeah, it just softens him up so that he can be kicked Literally. and punched and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- this ho- I don't know what else to say other than this. Ha- this whole episode is just like you said, this whole episode is a WTH. What the Henshin? Yeah, because it is just so goofy and so weird. I don't know what happened to the little kid. He just kind of disappears i I, something had to have happened to him but i don't know i don't even know what happened to the to the the hikers uh, that they saved i don't know just this this episode was just uh yeah (laughs) basically now i will say this before we move on i do have a couple more quick notes i want to put out there i noticed that common writer common writer 2 kr2 has started doing those Always awesome traditional superhero three-point landings. I'm a sucker for those. You can never go wrong with those. And also, I just wanted to point this out. I wish this had happened when we did last week's episodes. And I don't know if it did this for you when you watched, Travis. But when I watched this on Tubi, guess what one of the commercials was? But uh, when they went to the commercial break in the actual show, it was a car shield commercial with guess who? Woo! Rick Flair. <laughs> so, got to throw in a bonus <laughs> a bonus bell ring for last week's episode. So, there you go. <laughs> With that, it's time to make our transition. Transition. The monstrous crab bubbler appears in Hokkaido. Kaijin Kani Bubbler, Hokkaido ni Arawaru. While traveling in Hokkaido, Mari and her friends run into crab bubbler. Hayato goes to Hokkaido and breaks into Shocker's undersea base. Like I said before, under the sea. Under the sea. Yes. Darling, it's better. Downwards. <laughs> Except, unfortunately, if we had Crabubbler, yes, heroes, that is actually his name. If he was in the movie and he tried to sing that song, it'd just be a lot of. Because they apparently, Shocker Generals and Goons all love their weird 
giggly things. They, I feel like they cranked that up a heck of a lot. It was something back when Hongo was common Rider, but I think they do it more often now. But now it comes across as comical <laughs> and less creepy. I think I think I think Crab Bubbler did more in this one than than other ones. But yeah, it's been around for a while. The weird little giggling noises. Yeah, but. We need to address the elephant in the room, or is it more like the large hermit crab or something in the room? Yes, as the name implies, Crab Bubbler kills people with bubbles. Bubbles! Effing bubbles! Yes. <laughs> this Kaijin is an evil Pokemon. He's, he's, <laughs> he's Kingler because they can both spit bubbles as attacks in Pokemon. Congratulations, <laughs> Shocker. You have a Pokemon. Now look, it makes sense. He's a giant crab, and crabs do bubble when you have them out of the water. They make bubbles. I've worked on okay. boats. You're in a landlocked state. You don't know. <laughs> yes. I don't know. We don't have crabs on Lake Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> crabs do bubble and make bubbles and and like to create a lot of foam so it makes sense uh this is another situation where the japanese name uh they go back and forth uh using the japanese name and the american name or, or now we have English an announcer who reads the episode titles and he'll say one right. thing and then the characters say another because we have crab bubbler and connie bubbler yeah well connie means crab in japanese so it's just it's another again another portmanteau sort of 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 crab and bubbler yeah but i've just but hilariously hilariously when he does his attack you see a little nozzle come out of his appear in his mouth and then he it's it's like those uh those uh, squirt guns that you can get where you pull the trigger and uh, it shoots out a jet of air and it makes the bubbles come out so it's like you're shooting bubbles. That's yeah. basically what he does. And then he he gets those bubbles on people, and it's the world's strongest soap because you know <laughs> it's so good. Yep. It not only wipes out the germs, it wipes out you. I just <laughs> yeah, they just disappear into nothingness. Yeah, we don't even get cool effects, uh, dissolving effects, or I mean. Give me the the spaghetti necklace or something. No, they just they just disappear into the void or something. Yeah, yeah. I I like Crab Bubbler or Crab Bubbler. I like his design. I mean, he looks very much like a big bug, a big ocean bug, which is what a crab is. And, yeah. and he's got the one claw. You know, and and he just yeah, he has a really cool design. I like him. He looks really freaky, and yeah, uh, yeah I just wish the episode that he was in was a little bit better. Because yeah. I now that I think about it, with that name and that design, he could have been a Mega Man X boss. <laughs> that looks, he looks yeah, like Mega Man X boss. <laughs> so let's talk about Shocker's plan in this episode. So their their plan is to detonate these bombs, which are, again, just like we've talked about a few weeks ago, uh, these bombs are more powerful than a nuclear bomb uh -huh. uh, to set off a chain of minor tsunamis 
to destroy parts of Japan and this the world. Is, this sounds weirdly plausible, to be honest. <laughs> this sounds like an Aquaman uh, plot. <laughs> well, not, well, not like uh, a plot from Aquaman. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Which begs the question, if Krabubbler had to fight Aquaman, could Aquaman just use his fish commanding powers to make Krabubbler do whatever he wanted? Hmm. Depends on if he's an actual crab or is he, if he's just a crab like cyborg, like they keep saying. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to tell. At least with this show. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, there's something for you nerds uh, to ponder for a little bit. Send us feedback on Twitter or on our email or something. Tell us, tell us, heroes. Could Aquaman command Krabubbler? All right, moving on. And while you're at it, tell us if he could do that with Starfinger. <laughs> uh, so to, I guess, to avoid being discovered, they're also taking out seismic underwater seismic labs and stuff so that they don't get discovered. I don't really understand what the what their plan was with that, but that's kind of what they're in the process of doing when they are found out by team common writer who uh is on vacation up in hokkaido yep they're on vacation again a lot of vacations going on right now yeah so you have the you have the the three rider girls you have goro who is the uh, common kenny from a few episodes ago we we already were introduced to him and we have one of taki's friends who i guess is an fbi agent who works alongside taki who is also with the girls named Kada or Kanda. Mm-hmm. One thing that stood out to me was they all were excited to go to the beach, but because there's been these uh, minor tsunamis that have been happening off the coast, uh, they can't go to the beach and, or they can go to the beach, but they can't go swimming. But when they all show up to the beach, half of them are wearing black. Like who wears black to the beach? What, what are you doing? What? <laughs> a funeral on the beach. Don't you go to funerals on the beach? Uh well, speaking of funerals, one of the one of the commands that Crab Bubbler is given is to make sure that if anyone sees them that they uh, that he eliminates them and he is spotted by a diver on the beach and so he kills the diver but before he can do anything Kanda and the writer girls show up. And so he just drags the guy off to the side and you see his leg sticking out. Now, this is what I, I, I saw this in your notes. Mm-hmm. This is where I was paying a little bit more attention to this episode than you because Kanda does see the guy's leg. That's why he tells them they have to leave the beach. Oh. And he immediately calls taki and tells taki that he saw somebody on the beach who he thought was dead and uh, taki tells him are you sure he was dead and he's like yes uh, you know and so so yeah so kanda is competent and is knows exactly what's happening uh or well not exactly but he knows something is up mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Actually, speak while we're on the subject, speaking of the FBI, because they make mention of there being a Tokyo branch of the FBI. And remember how we were thinking, why would the FBI be in Japan? Why don't you just make them Interpol or something like that? I looked into it. 
There actually, believe it or not, is a Tokyo branch of the FBI. It is in the American Embassy in Tokyo. So this is ah. not unreasonable. Hmm. Nice. There Did you not know that. <laughs> a little bit of MIFE style research for you. We we so we talk about common writers' entrances. Yes. Well, common writers' entrance entrance in this episode is pretty awesome. <laughs> because he's chasing down some shocker goons in a speedboat and then leaps from the speedboat onto their boat and throws one of the guys off the boat. <laughs> it is such an awesome moment, but I'm just sitting here thinking, what happened to his boat? <laughs> <laughs> he just left it running back there. What? <laughs> Yeah, Hayato seems to be a bit more reckless <laughs> compared to Hongo. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he does. Oh, uh, well, you, you want to some other crazy things with KR2 in this? I never thought I'd see the day I'd see Kamen Rider packing heat. <laughs> he deserves a guy takes an assault rifle from him and threatens to shoot him. <laughs> to be fair... I and I said the same thing. I was like, Common Rider has a machine gun now. <laughs> you do see, you do see that those guns are water guns that shoot out the dissolving liquid just like oh, the okay. bubbles. Well, that's fine. Although so he's not gonna he's not gonna pump somebody full of lead. Like they they they're water guns, but still it was just like oh, it wow, is it is a little they, like, they all still have died because we know what that stuff does. Also, did you just make a diehard reference? <laughs> <laughs> yes I did. <laughs> Yippee Kaye, common writer. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, that was not something I was expecting. And if you, as you can see in my notes, I have it in all caps. Common Rider packing heat. <laughs> it almost made my What the Henshin award because I was not expecting that. <laughs> also, I would just like to point out, I forget who it was, but just like Hongo in those first 13 episodes, riding a motorcycle in a suit while wearing a suit and tie, the pinnacle of style. Just saying. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. They're both common writers in this series have a lot of style. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Although I think I still kind of prefer Hongo a little bit. He was a bit more dapper than Hayato. Yeah, I like the I like the double-breasted suit jacket. Oh yeah, but we have this scene where Hayato is playing around with a radio to find the frequency, find a certain frequency which he can then use to find the shocker base. And all I kept thinking was. I wonder what plays on Shocker's radio station. You know, is it like a top four here <laughs> at playing, you know, the most, I don't know, playing villainous sounding rock music or pop music or you know, playing like Miley Cyrus because, you know, that'll make anybody want to claw their eardrums out. But uh, <laughs> or Nickelback. that's the that's the low hanging fruit there. They play some Nickelback or do they play things that since they're called shocker uh do they play things that are electricity related you know like thunderstruck or something mm. like that? Mm. Is that too obvious uh, or is it not meant to no they, they play early? they play uh you've been hit by you've been struck by a smooth criminal 
I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> mean that they make one of their incompetent shocker goons their DJ? Is it, you imagine being the shocker DJ? You know, instead of the shocker janitor, you're the shocker DJ. That'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Writer, are you okay? Are you okay, writer? Writer, are you okay? Are you okay, writer? <laughs> okay, okay, I'll stop. <laughs> we may have to make that the episode title now, even though it won't make any. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with the actual episode it's just it was just something that came to mind <laughs> i may have to at least oh, make man. it a meme <laughs> for this <laughs> I don't know. It's just- Which is so funny because we have talked about, uh, this is a completely side note, we have talked about that in a future Common Rider series, there is a Common Rider who wears a white <laughs> polyester suit with a fedora and looks like you look- the suit that... The- <laughs> you look just like, if that's your favorite, actually, that's Common Rider double... <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's not it's not double. It, it, it's Common Rider Skull, but he's from the W yeah, series. That's yeah, it, it, that's the show that he's from. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's <snappy>. yeah, it's <laughs> so great. He looks like he looks like uh, uh, Michael Jackson from from uh, uh, yeah. Smooth Criminal. <laughs> I'll say that that's actually something interesting. Just a weird observation that just came to my mind. It seems like Common Riders tend to be. I could be wrong. Could be speaking in ignorance. Tend to be very dapper in their uh, in their civilian fashion sense whereas super sentai is all over the place if they're power rangers they just dress like teenagers that you know wear whatever's trendy at the moment and ultramen just wear uniforms <laughs> for their science they're, control uh, for common rider it it changes depending on the series because some some common riders have more style than others uh that's like like kuga and agito they basically just wear street clothes mm-hmm. like they're not they're not dapper in any kind of way they're just wearing t-shirt and jeans essentially well, yeah and i guess i just remembered that there is common rider amazon who basically a barbarian but <laughs> yeah we'll get to that one eventually um no so you mentioned the you mentioned the the shocker radio and one thing i really like about it is the branding everything that they own comes to bite them on the butt because Kanda is like he's telling Taki about this radio he found and he's like it has a weird eagle symbol and and Taki's like oh no shocker like, why why do you why does this it, is why you don't do this it doesn't matter what they are it could be shocker hydra cobra it doesn't matter they brand everything oh it's my God. so great i thought you were a secret society a, a secret society and branding i don't think quite mix yeah <laughs> i don't know there might be some there there are definitely some companies out there who are willing to sponsor some some uh uh <laughs> some evil <laughs> evil organization oh my gosh oh, oh looking at you amazon future corporate overlord but <laughs> i was thinking of amazon too <laughs> well Common Rider Amazon. I'm just saying. <laughs> and then there's Common Rider Amazons, 
or Amazon Writers, which was made by Amazon. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's actually available to watch in the States with subtitles legally. So it got, you can bet that that got shot very high up on the Henshin Men master list. I'm just saying. <laughs> One thing I do really like about this episode, though, is that the team common writer, all of the side characters, including the writer girls, actually prove kind of useful. Uh, I mean, Taki's always been a little useful, but a little. The, the actual writer girls. Well, okay, he he's done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, sidekick, <laughs> sidekick, right? But but what's what shocked me was how much the writer girls proved useful. Shocked me. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, because they actually help, like, they help Hayato triangula uh, triangulate, triangulate, I can't say that word properly, uh, where the signal is coming from and where the shocker base is. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the process of that, we get another chipmunk moment. Oh, good Lord. Oh, my God. Okay. I really hope this does not become a regular occurrence because every time it happens, I, I just... WTF. I it's just not even WTH. It's just yeah. WTF at that point. It's just what we may have to make that. That's kind of the unintentional theme of this episode, isn't it? Chipmunks. We may have to make that the title of the episode. Something with chipmunks. Yeah, they turn into chipmunks. It's ridiculous. No, I was thinking of space balls. Take us to chipmunk speed. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Because oh. that's what it is. Like they speed up these moments. It's like these moments to show the passage of time or something. But but they they uh, did it by speeding it up, and then you get all the little high pitched voices. It's just uh, it's so yeah. Anyway, I'll talk about it more later. But uh, that uh, why are they doing it? They've done it twice now. It's annoying. I don't like it. Yeah. You know another thing that's kind of funny. Something else that you pointed out in the previous episode, and it came back. Crabubbler and his gang escape. In a station wagon. Yes. I, I see where Shocker's financial priorities are. Make the Kaijin. Give no money to vehicles. Just go steal a station wagon. Yes. I love the secret evil organization with all these flamboyant and weird costumes. And they're just riding around in a station wagon. And it's just the most normal 70s car it is just it's yeah. so funny well then what's such a funny moment funnier is apparently kr2 can tail them and they don't figure out he's tailing them so we just we don't get a car chase we just get a normal <laughs> just a commute <laughs> the shocker goods are just commuting to work and at no point does kr2 think hey why don't i i don't know jump on the car and punch their windshield out and take out the driver something blow their tires out i don't know nope well, just, just well, he's trying to find where the base is okay he's trying to find the base but they never see him he just he tailgates them the whole way and they never see him until they get to the base and get out of the car uh one little moment uh or we're getting down to the end of this episode and then we'll move on to our awards but uh one little thing is we learned that the cyclone in the last episode or no two episodes ago we learned the cyclone could go up buildings mm -hmm. and leap across buildings now we're learning that the cyclone can actually go underwater yeah it's a submarine i 
guess this thing can do whatever the writers want it to do, can it? Yeah. And, but it is a kind of a funny moment of of a uh, common rider just riding his motorcycle down towards the underwater uh <laughs> shocker base yeah yeah and uh uh you've seen black widow right no i haven't okay well one of the jokes in the black widow movie is natasha's sister keeps calling her a poser because she likes because she keeps pointing i was like every time you do a, you do something you have to pose you're such a show-off or something like that and i just realized when i was watching it's like Common writer is a poser, but so are most tension heroes. <laughs> yep. This is yeah. what he does now. It's like the dab, the writer dab is just his fighting stance now. <laughs> I do like the fight that he has with Crab Bubbler uh, in the underwater base, and he's trying to prevent crab bubbler from pulling the lever and so he's like pushing while crab bubbler is pulling and they're just no. sitting there doing this like tug of war on this on this little uh, this this little lever uh and now it took him almost 20 episodes but now after we've had the rida kick this whole time they finally got to a rida punch yes yes they finally get to the rider punch and we get the fight the fight between common rider and crab bubbler goes on to the the these like the rocky kind of beachy area uh above the water and there's a moment where crab bubbler shoots the bubbles at common rider but instead of dissolving him like it did everyone else it just blinds him temporarily yeah, well, he's been conveniently immune to everything. In uh, last week's episode of Pyrosaurus, he was magically immune to the poison gas just because. No explanation. No, like, right. my helmet has a filter or I'm a cyborg, so it doesn't affect me. Nope, he's just magically immune. Well, I think it's time for us to move on to our awards for this week. Yep. So first up, we have the Henshin Kick, which it goes to... The best fight scene or stunt. So, my pick, if you, in case you haven't figured it out, is for the rider punch because we finally get the rider punch because it only makes sense if you have a rider kick that you would have a rider punch. And I was glad to see that. Yes, yes. Uh, and mine is just a, a a little small thing, but and it actually uh, appears in both episodes that we covered this week is the the monster and common rider fighting on wet uh ground whether it be the wet rocks by the beach or whether it be the wet stones uh by the waterfall because anybody who's ever walked along wet stones knows that is a very slippery situation uh <laughs> You can slip and hurt yourself. And for them to be trying to do stunt work and stunt fighting while on that slippery environment, that I just, I had to, I, it really stuck out to me because I was like, man, I can just imagine myself being there and falling and breaking my jaw on, <laughs> on the stones or the rocks so many times. Mm-hmm. 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 For sure. And now we have Talking Toku for the best special effect. And I will confess, this almost made my WTH award this week. <laughs> uh, it's from the last episode, from episode 18, with 
the starfish man, starfinger. I called it the Raida dummy. <laughs> Remember last week we were talking about <laughs> the, the kid dummy? Well, in this, I, I didn't go into a whole much detail, but we mentioned that Hayato got beat in a fight and then disappeared and came back as the Japanese hobo. Yeah, he got thrown over the edge, and it, it was a common writer dummy. It just made me laugh when I saw it. I was like, that's a dummy. Right, a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> it was really silly. It, it just, it, it, I mean, anytime that they have these, like, dummies that they use as stunts, it's it's really silly. But, but then to have one that's fully dressed in the common writer suit is really just, it seems even sillier. Uh, maybe I've just been watching too much Monty Python and other similar things where they use the very obvious dummies for comedic effect that <laughs> I just can't take it yeah. anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. My special effects uh, award goes to the fire and explosions in the starfish base uh, from the last episode that we did, uh, the, the first episode that we talked about this week, because I think that explosion was really good. Like, you know, you, to do actual pyrotechnics is not a cheap, uh, it's not a cheap effect. It, it, it's on the cheap side, but it's not a cheap effect. And to do it in this show shows that they, you know, they're putting a little effort into these special effects and I, I i just like that there there wasn't a lot of standout special effects to me but that one stood out to me mm-hmm. and then our next award is coming at you for the best line i have a runner-up and it's only a runner-up well it, there's a couple reasons that it's a runner-up one it's a pun off of another common writer podcast it's also the title of our first itunes review so please send us more so we can read those for you. And it almost seems to have become an accidental catchphrase for all of Shocker's Kaijin, which is they're about to do the finishing blow to KR2, and then they and they say, Ryder, die, which ends up being <laughs> their famous last words for both of them. We'll see if that continues into future episodes, but it happened twice. Just thought I'd point that out as my runner-up. My actual Kamenacho award actually comes from one of the last lines in the last episode that we covered today, and it's during the voiceover when we're having that concluding narration saying like, aha, our heroes have won, and now they are more determined than ever to beat Shocker, that sort of a thing. And then this time, Hayato actually pipes in and adds a little bit to the narration, and it's, this is overlaid with him hanging out with the writer girls having a good time all right and you hear him think shocker do your worst i know it's supposed to be kind of taunting and you know confidence and and all that but i keep thinking you really want to tell the evil secret organization bent on world domination to do their worst didn't they already kind of do their worst to you and we know what they're capable of yeah. I just, like, there's just so many things i'm just like do you really want to do that <laughs> <laughs> like I said, also, I how bad can their worst be? That too. <laughs> <laughs> They're plagued by incompetence. They are incredibly evil, but also incredibly incompetent. It's a dangerous combination. Yeah. <laughs> I I like that this because that that line comes right after uh Hayato kind of has a little speech about that the reason he can fight against shocker is with the support of his friends. And I like that 
you know, uh, we, we keep talking about the, the, the difference between Hayato and, and Hongo. And it just, I like that Hayato is more willing to work with people and like trusting of other people to do, you know, to help him. Whereas Hongo, like they would, they would tag along sometimes, but he always ended up going off and doing things on his own. He never really like asked Ruriko and them to do this, you know, to help him fight Shocker because he, he was taking that responsibility on himself. Whereas Hayato is like, no, I, I have the support group that's here to help me. So Shocker, do your worst. uh so my favorite line from these two episodes uh is kind of a a little bit of a callback because we made a joke in i think either the last episode or a previous episode where we said you're a little short to be a a shocker combatant and or shocker goon and they actually said almost that line because when when they all get dressed up as shocker goons uh taki who has a nice playful kind of like ribbing relationship with with uh tobe tachibana yeah and so he he uh he kind of gives him a little he makes a little uh, joke uh, ribbing. <laughs> yeah he does some good nature ribbing of of tachibana when he says you seem a little old or you seem a bit old for a shocker combatant which is just it was just kind of funny i i really like that line yeah i'm glad you caught that one <laughs> that's funny and now for my favorite award wth what the henshin there have been so many things that i could have named for this like i said i feel like the the w2h moments just increase exponentially they just get a little bit less weird or at least a little less artsy now. But anyway, mine is for a scene that I still, for the life of me, can't understand why it's there. You have to help me here, Travis. <laughs> you must help me because I don't get it. Why is there a shot in this episode, in the second episode we looked at? It lasts for you know, a good couple of seconds. It's a little longer than Blink and You Miss It. But Krabubbler hanging out with cows because I can't figure out why that shot exists for the life of me. It's like they were just hanging out near a, you know, near a field and there were cows and they decided to go goof around with the stomach decided to go goof around wearing the crab upler costume and hang out with cows. It is, it is such a weird, yeah, you're right. It's such a weird scene. He just walks through this, this field with a whole bunch of cows. And I'm just thinking like the cows have to be thinking that this is just the weirdest crap they've ever seen. Cause <laughs> what the heck even is going on here? It just, it reminds me of that. Was that that meme that you see a lot of, uh, from one of the Godzilla movies. I can't remember which Godzilla movie it is, but it's just a shot of Godzilla in the back background and cows in the front and then it, the subtitles is mooing intensifies <laughs> <laughs> i think it's i think it's either mecha godzilla 2 or space godzilla i'm not sure i think it's one of those <laughs> yeah it, it it's so great and you know what I that's gonna be realize you realize i now have to screenshot that shot and do that as a meme right Moving intensely. <laughs> intensifies. <laughs> you know what? That's such a weird scene. I had a different scene. I was going to pick the chipmunk scene uh, of the girls 
working on trying to triangulate the, the shocker base, those, but, but <laughs> several chipmunk scenes. But. but the that scene of Crab Bubbler just walking through the the <laughs> field with the cows is such a weird scene. That's going to be my WTH what the Henshin <laughs> Award do because that is just why what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not like the david lynchian murder montage where at least that plays into the plot it's just cows <laughs> he's just walking through a field of cows it's just <laughs> such he's a okay. crab. why is he hanging he's out he's a crab <laughs> what do crabs have to do with cows <laughs> it's, we're talking like it's dairy great. cows too all right we're not talking like yeah like beef cows we're talking dairy cows <laughs> okay before we lose our minds completely it is time to move on to minute to henshin it in this segment heroes in case you don't know this is where we summarize our final thoughts on these episodes in one minute or less now, Travis, I went first last week, so I will let you go first this week. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. All right. On your mark, get set, go. All right. Uh, yeah, these episodes are weird and bizarre and kind of charming for that reason. I really like how weird they are. Um, they are very entertaining. I don't like the weird camera stuff that they're doing like we talked about with the chipmunk effects the 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 speeding them up it's such a weird choices there's a lot of weird choices in these episodes but overall they're charming they're a step down from the episodes we had last week but still fun and yeah it's just you've traded the horror elements for just bizarre elements and i'm okay with that ah dang you had 20 seconds left man you are really good at this so, telling you, <laughs> we, we uh, at this point, by the time we get to the last episode of Common Rider, I may as well just give you an entire episode to Minute to Henshin. <laughs> it's like, I am Travis, and I am now going to speak to you for an hour with my final thoughts on the original Common Rider. <laughs> I mean, I, y'all, listeners, you heard my speech a couple of weeks ago of me just going into why I love Common Rider, and so I could do it. You know, be prepared for an hour-long bonus episode. <laughs> the hour—that's <laughs> uh, what we. That'd be uh, yeah. The hour to henshin it. The henshin hour. <laughs> Actually, that sounds like a name for a podcast, doesn't it? The henshin hour. I kind of like that. Anyway, before yeah. we before we get derailed, it's now my turn. Henshin. All right. So just like Travis said, step down. Not nearly as entertaining. Well, it was entertaining, just not quite in the absurd, fun way that the Pyrosaurus episodes were. I guess you can kind of call this Monster Seafood Wars. I mean, <laughs> to, to <laughs> but regardless, even though this, I would have preferred more episodes in the style of Pyrosaurus, that's probably a high that would be difficult to maintain. So you got to go somewhere and again i'm banking on your promise travis that this is going to keep getting better <laughs> i am banking on that i just don't know how much more of these writer girls i'm going to be able to take i'm going back to that just don't know how much more of these girls i can handle yeah the writer girls uh, i mean i when i promised that thing that that the show does improve 
over the first couple of episodes that that Hayato took over as common writer I did also say that the writer girls stick around and so yeah yeah there are worse things well, to close out this episode, we're going to say thank you for listening to the Henshin Men, a tokusatsu appreciation podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Kaiju Weekly podcast and listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. And until next time, what are we going to say, Nathan? Let's go to the pub and get a henshin and tonic.